Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. After spending a decade in corporate America, it was exciting to be an entrepreneur again when we launched in February of 2023. Definite highlights from my first year as a Marcom leader included landing my client contracts and creating beautiful content that told their brand stories. It was exciting to have opportunities to see their products and services come to life in such assets as ebooks, white papers, social posts, and videos, where we use storytelling to share the value they provided to their customers. However, I'll say that my favorite thing to do was to teach storytelling, mostly because I got to hear other stories. My good friend Dale Grunfeld quoted Maya Angelou on a recent episode of this podcast that there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. And that is so true. I've met and interviewed some of the most interesting people, both in this podcast, in storytelling seminars, and in storytelling classes, and I wanted to tell you about a few of them. There was a woman who moved to the U.S. from China five years ago, but she didn't speak English proficiently yet, so she turned to storytelling to improve her language skills. Or the woman wearing many hats at the startup where she worked, and she knew that by picking up some storytelling tools, it would help her add brand stories to her investor proposals in order to grab their attention. A story that made me laugh was from the product manager who was nervous during a recorded presentation. And she later saw the recording and was so shocked at how she did, she donated the shirt she had been wearing that day to charity just so she didn't have to see herself in it ever again. I remember the construction company entrepreneur who was going before government planning boards, and in order to refine his pitches and presentations, he wanted to infuse them with stories. I got to coach a woman who was building out a new ministry in her church. She wanted to bring her own heritage stories to her work in order to connect the people she would be serving. One amazing woman I remember she struggled with and came to terms with alopecia, and she planned to tell her story to health boards and hospitals, but she wanted to improve her public speaking because she wanted to be able to pre- present her story with a little bit more impact and a little less emotion. And then there was the COVID nurse who, after a few years of exhausting, heartbreaking work, retired and was thinking, I'm going to try my hand at something different and went on to, to try stand-up comedy. So she worked on public speaking to practice delivering her story from the front of the room. I think the most powerful and haunting story I heard though came from a man from Haiti who survived the January 12th earthquake over a decade ago. He conveyed in painfully beautiful detail a moth story, a moth style story of how he watched people trapped in the rubble and how powerless he felt at not being able to save them. I truly believe the world is a better place when we tell our stories. Whether from a corporate setting or from a very personal place, stories have power. The power to affect change, the power to heal, the power to create growth, the power to make a difference one at a time. And I'm really just happy I've been able to witness this. Hello, 
My name is Liana Henry, and welcome to the Starfish Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the East Coast of the U.S. in quaint colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling, and I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We've named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact. One step, one starfish, or one story at a time. Usually, we open each podcast with a story from one guest. But in this extra special Founders New Year's episode, you'll get to hear from our core team, who will share their first year highlight stories meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down to what it's been like at the Black Dog Group and share some of our lessons learned, some predictions, and some goals for 2024. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. With me today is the rest of the core team of the Black Dog Group. Meet Philip Henry. He's a co-founder, the COO of the Black Dog Group, and the principal of Black Dog Management, our project management agency. Here's his story. Due to some great timing and great networking, my first client fell into my lap almost right away. We were already in process of standing up the Black Dog Group when I interviewed with and got hired for my first contract with my first client. I came into what was a divestiture project in the middle of the effort, and it was very chaotic. Uh, Their immediate problem was a lack of communication and managing what was coming in and going out. So I was able to help coordinate teams and solve that problem for them. I met a lot of good people, experienced a lot of stress, and stepped up my ability to communicate more than just rote data. Also here is Julia Meesmer, our marketing assistant who worked diligently on BizDev and events with us from the beginning to get us off the ground and started off on the right foot. Here's her story. When I came to Black Dog Group, it was almost as if fate was stepping in because I had just fallen upon some hard times and I was looking for some work um, in an industry that I really, I didn't have much experience for because if you don't already know, my background is in biomedical engineering um, and childcare. And so it was a great new adventure to begin working with the Black Dog Group and working with Liana and Philip. Um, You know, Liana is someone that I've known for a really long time and she's always been a great mentor um, to me and it was, she noticed that I was having some trouble with this hard time and she, you know, worked with me to empower me to find me a a position that I could do um, at the growing black dog group. And so um, off began the the data axle marketing um, spreadsheets. I worked tirelessly for for months on these spreadsheets. Um, We began with, I think, over 5,000 names, and we have gotten it cut down to about 4,500 names, which doesn't sound like a lot of progress, but it is very great. And I've sorted through every name and put them in their individual spreadsheets, so hopefully this will be a great resource that we can use um, in the coming year to get some more contracts in industries that we haven't worked with before. Welcome to Jake Miesmer, our podcast and social media manager, as well as video producer. He is our Marcom agency's creative and promotional arm. Here's his story. 
So when I was approached by um, Black Dog Marcom to join their team for um, audiovisual editing, um, the podcast was just an idea floating around in space. And after coming onto the team, I was able to work with Liana to really solidify what she wanted to produce and what we wanted to tell with the story. The storytelling podcast, I mean. We have our own story behind it, but we're trying to investigate the stories of, you know, the people around us locally and corporate. And I, coming on to this, I really, I had the experience to edit a podcast, to work on videos, but over this year, it's just been a really big learning experience for me, really refining what I could already do and picking up new skills as well. Um, and really going into next year, I think that we're gonna just keep refining those skills and keep learning together. Well, hello, everyone. Hi. So, um, hello. Hello. Everybody oh. can say hi. You can hi. say hi back. Okay. <laughs> Everybody can say hi. If it's bad, I'll cut it out. Because <laughs> yeah, he's the podcast manager. <laughs> so we got together today for a few reasons. First, uh, we just shared stories about what stood out for us over the last year, but we also wanted to look ahead to share our own predictions and maybe give a sneak peek into what's to come. Um, so I'm going to talk to you first, Philip. Mm -hmm. uh, when we launched at the beginning of the year, we weren't sure what this was going to be. And it's no secret that we're a husband and wife team, but I felt pretty strongly that we needed to work to our strengths. So, Philip, when we launched, you know, what were your thoughts about what you thought this company would look like? Well, to be honest, when we launched, I really wasn't sure what this company was going to look like, having spent my entire life in corporate America. Uh, and my first year was, in some ways, for Black Dog Management, an extension of that, with me working on my one project for all of that time. But for the Black Dog Group, for our company, there was a whole set of responsibilities that I didn't fully comprehend, realize what they would be like. Reconciling the books, making scheduling arrangements for the 401k, getting our uh, benefits in place. All of those things as the COO for the Black Dog Group, those were really... Um, stretching me outside of my comfort zone and requiring much more than time management and scheduling. It required some research and follow-up skills that frankly will just fully flesh out my profile of what, and you know, of what I can bring to us and to our clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's been definitely <laughs> um, like a real, you know, learning curve yes. for sure. So, so next, um, you know, so we, we opened up the two, the two agencies under the Black Dog Group. Mine is Black Dog Marcom, yours is Black Dog Management. And I knew that we initially had to have an online presence, um, but we had to get the word out to find customers. So we purchased a marketing list of leads and it was pretty big and pretty unruly. Um, Julia, <laughs> you came in to help us get organized with this. And what was that like for you? Big and unruly, um, do not do this list justice. Yes. This thing was very intimidating when I got my hands on it. Uh, and so it was a seemingly very daunting task to get it organized, which because I'm so great with organizing, it was not 
as scary as I thought it would be. And now we have a great set of um, sheets and lists of people that we are going to be reaching out to in the the new year. Um, Mm -hmm. That'll be really helpful for um, drumming up more business and hopefully getting into other industries besides software. So after after we started working on the leads list, then obviously we needed to look at ways to market ourselves. And we did this with the podcast and some organic social media. So Jake, you've been the podcast producer for this year. Yep. How has that been for you? Um, well, it's been a learning experience. Let's just say that. Because I, when I, my initial experience before coming in was more video editing. Um, and even though I work in Adobe quite often, my experience is more with an illustrator. I do have the experience in, in uh, Premiere as well as Audition, but it was it was a, like a relearning experience almost, <laughs> picking up all those skills again, like just getting back in there and refreshing myself and all that. And, you know, it's been I think it's been a really good experience to work on this podcast to, you know, be able to be creative with some of it, you know, figuring all that out. I remember one of our first meetings, just sitting down and working out the the logo. <laughs> so basically i've been i've been working on this since the start with you so it's been it almost at this point feels kind of like a passion project Mm -hmm. it is i mean it's a marketing tool but um but it's definitely you know i think we we're well we'll talk more as we get into into the other questions too but i think you know it's definitely something where um the more we do it the more we see where we want to refine it exactly and I, i and that's kind of what we've been doing towards the end of season one is kind of honing in on more what we want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for your, you know, sorry, talking about our beginnings. Now I've got some questions for you that you're going to have to answer on your own. So. First question. Trivia time. Trivia time. Trivia time. I I don't participate in trivia. I will I will be taking my leave at this point. Yeah, I don't. I'm really good at trivia. Pretty sure you won't be. Okay. So first question: Were there or what were what were the projects that challenged us? Well, for me, I only worked on one project for our first year in business. That would be the external project, the divestiture project for my our client. Um, it was a challenge because it was my first experience, again, as I mentioned, outside of corporate America. So I needed to realize that there were going to be gaps in information I didn't know about. There were going to be people that I didn't know who they are. And there were going to be parts of the company that I don't know how they run. And as a hired gun, it's not my job to come in and figure some of those things out. My job is to come in, solve the immediate problem, and then leave and I need to be comfortable, and I'm getting comfortable with being able to do that. I don't need to exist on the periphery and be outside of just my role. And I'm really fine with that, actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. What projects? What projects were challenging you, Julia? Oh, um, well, definitely the the actual marketing. Sp- the actual marketing spreadsheet uh, because it can be challenging to put each of these companies into a category because you know a lot of time they don't fit into just one category Um, and so that was really interesting because I had to do a lot of research on each company just for the categorization not 
not just for expanding what we would know about the company, but for the preliminary sorting of the spreadsheet. So it was really nice. I got to know the companies that we were thinking about reaching out to. And so I I think that will help a lot um, in the future with more personal um, interactions. Yeah, going forward for sure. Yeah. And for you, Jake? Oh, there's quite a few projects that were challenging for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, not necessarily anything due to like proficiency in the applications that I've been using, but um, fixing the audio, some audio issues that we've had with certain ones. And there's one coming out in the second season that there's a big audio issue with mm. that I'm still working on to this day. But um, but also like some of the projects we've lost assets for, like video, and mm. I've had to go in and you know figure out different ways to produce that for our social media and all that. So mm. I mean, I can't name a exact, I can't pinpoint it for you, but. There have been, there definitely have been challenges around the um, the production mm-hmm. of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, the first thing that comes to mind for challenging was challenging was time management. I think as the oh, yeah. as a leader uh, of an agency with you know um, big clients, um, managing time as you know managing time with staff, managing time with clients, client projects. And and being able to do all of the things that the agency required, I think that was a big challenge for me, and that's something I I know I'm going to work on uh, continually uh, going into 2024. So, okay, next question is, what were your favorite things that you got to do, Julia? Do you want to start us off? Well, just give it right to me. Oh, well, I'm honored. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite things, my favorite day that I have worked, still to this day um, was when I got to help build gift baskets for um, one of the events that we were donating, the Black Dog Group was donating gift baskets to, and that involved, I got to drive all around Burlington and Bedford and pick up uh, gift cards from local restaurants. And, and that was really exciting because there was a couple of places that, I mean, I've lived in this area for a while, but there were a couple of places that I hadn't never been to or been in. And it was really nice to see different parts of of where I've been living um, for most of my life. And I got to go to the pet store and build a, a little dog basket for one of our uh, baskets we were donating. That was really fun. I also really enjoyed going to um, events and helping out Liana with um, presenting to these groups of people in a business setting because that's also a first for me, which was a very, very exciting chapter of the company. Very good. Jacob? Oh, so we're going out of order now. Yes. All right. Well, um, we're going to give everybody a turn to like start. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I know. I was surprised because uh, the order is different too on the script. I know, right? I thought I was going last this whole time. <laughs> Anyways, um, one of my favorite things that I got to do this, this year was audio searching. And that's going on um, royalty-free websites and just listening to audio. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> really? That was your favorite part? Oh, that was definitely my favorite. <laughs> that um, sounds absolutely thrilling. It was, honestly. And it's a venture for the senses. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, my favorite thing was just, it had to be the podcast. As much as I enjoy putting together, like, collages and stuff, because I am a... I'm a fashion designer. I make mood boards. So 
collages are like second nature, but I really enjoyed, my favorite thing was probably just listening to all the stories that came through with the podcast, as well as um, being able to really flesh out what some people were saying through the uh, audio searching. Um, (laughs) Like one of my favorite ones, I think it's, I don't know. It was a it was Elena's, I believe. I her story was so powerful, and I was I was one of the my favorite things was finding that audio for her because I really felt like it fit her mm-hmm. for what she was saying. For sure, yeah. Hello. Oh, um, all right. So my favorite thing this year was uh, actually working remotely uh, from anywhere, being able to do that. Um albeit extremely stressful when we did it at that time in the project that I was working where I was losing my mind, uh, being able to do it when we were in Maine was a blessing. Um, And at a less stressful time, should we try to do that again, it will be more enjoyable. Uh, But the ability to do so was was just unparalleled, and that was my favorite thing of the year. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite thing was... um you know, our professional development, learning about the moth and um, getting on the moth stage. I think hands down, um, loved, loved, loved that. And, um, you know, just getting to be in front of that large of a group to tell our stories was was a powerful experience and um, really kind of fuels that drive for me to, to, to really, you know, be a storyteller. So, so. What do we think our most significant accomplishments were? Now, I think when we're thinking about that, we're thinking about what do we think Black Dog Group has done well? Like, how what have we accomplished? Or what have you do you think as being a part of the Black Dog Group team you've accomplished that's been mostly most significant? You start, Jacob. Okay. Um, I think one of our most like our big most biggest our one of our largest accomplishments this year was most um biggest yeah most biggest <laughs> but um one of our largest accomplishments this year was probably you know winning the BTV award for best podcast of this year um not to toot my own horn or anything but <laughs> that's congratulations pr- thank you it was uh honestly it felt good to hear that we were actually um doing well you know, we've we've been it's our first season as the podcast and, you know, it hasn't grown as large as we'd like it to have grown. But to have that validation from an outside source really was a big accomplishment for me, as well as probably our whole team working on it. For so, sure. Yeah. Philip. Most significant accomplishment um, in terms of black dog management. It was kind of a twofold thing. Um Number one, naturally, was the successful completion of the divestiture project that I mentioned, you know, 16 times already in this podcast. But the second thing was what happened over the last six weeks or so of 2023, where um, I found or another company got in touch with me to reach out and uh, ask about my the project management services that we could provide. So we went and had a meeting with them and found out what they'd like to do and put together a proposal for how we could help them solve their problem. And they accepted it. And I'm very excited. This company is in Woburn. Uh, They have the U.S. office in Woburn. And I'm very excited to be starting that in January of 24. Nice. Julia. Well, I'm sure that you can guess what I'm going to say, but my 
most significant accomplishment is definitely uh, sorting the entire Axel Marketing spreadsheet into their own individual spreadsheets. And hopefully my greatest accomplishment for 2024 will be scrubbing all of those um, spreadsheets and having complete lists ready for use. Which That's will be great. I'm very wow. excited for. Yeah. More spreadsheets. I know. Isn't it great? I <laughs> love spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. See, this is why I do what I do and you do what you do. Okay, shady lady. <laughs> I just couldn't do podcasts oh, as well as you can. Oh, I know. I can do spreadsheets really well, though. Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on. I'm guessing okay, that we're going to have uh, we're gonna have some bloopers at the end, aren't we? <sighs> yes, we should have outtakes. We're, we're going to have outtakes. Yeah. Oh, 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 that'll be fun. So this question is just for you. Me? Um, as, the, as the COO um, and... Other half of um, the Black Dog Group, what has brought you the most joy in your business this past year? Most joy in my business the last year, um, I'd have to say it's a combination of uh, personal goal and what can be used in Black Dog management, um, but it was obtaining my PMP. That is something that uh, was on my bullet list for many, many years. And in the middle of the crazy project that I was on, uh, I underwent, uh, you know, I did the weekend course. I did the studying, you know, for several hours each week. And I wrote the test and I successfully got my PMP on the first try. So that is, and I'll be able to use that. That's already come up in, like I mentioned in the last segment about the client that I'm going to be starting in January that came up in our conversation when we were, when I was selling them on the proposal of what we could do for them. They asked outright, do you have any certifications? And I was able to answer, I have my PMP. So it's already going to, it's already starting to reap benefits. Nice. Congratulations, Diva. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think for me, the same thing I said before is just, um, Having having met as many people as I've met out there, um, doing the storytelling, um, just hearing people's stories is just so powerful and um, and very moving. And you know, I remember just coming home from storytelling classes and just feeling so energized and excited and just blown away by everything I heard. And it was just makes me want to do more of it. So it was good. Um, okay, so next question is, as we take stock of 2023, in what ways did we make a difference this year? So I'll start with that. Um, I think that, you know, we came out, you know, full tilt and um, we got involved with uh, a bunch of organizations. You know, we got involved with BTV. We got involved with the Bedford Citizen. Um, we, we went to the Rotaries. Um, make a, they had a they had a packing meals for their rise uh, rise against hunger programming so we participated in that we got involved with the Burlington area chamber of commerce we got involved with the Bedford area chamber of commerce and so you know we've tried to you know donate and um, and be a part of of a lot of different organizations um, you know I think the biggest things that are are, are really on our hearts we are the Black Dog Group, um, is that we love to give to rescues. Mm -hmm. um, we love to give to both 
dog rescues and we love to give to guinea pig rescues because we're we're guinea pig family too and um and it's just it i think that has just been i think true to our true to my heart and and something that i feel like is you know true to the true to the sort of foundation of this of this podcast which is making a difference one one step at a time so what ways do you think we made a difference this year philip i in all honesty, I need to jump on the coattails of what what you mentioned because a lot of a lot of the outreach and the charitable uh, services and things that you um, took the step towards were things that, with me being an entrepreneur for the first time, I never would have thought of. But they were all wonderful, uh, you know, filling the food baskets and uh, all participating in all the rotary events and talking to all those great people. It was just wonderful. Um, to meet so many smart, talented people who shared a love of just being a small, independent-ish business like we are. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing all of the things that, that all of those same things. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Julia? I just want to begin what I'm saying with. When Liana says that they are a guinea pig family, that is a major understatement. I have had the, literally, I have had the privilege of um, visiting their house in Bedford and seeing the setup that they have for their guinea pigs. And it is incredible. Um, And the guinea pigs are so cute and so sweet. And I, it makes me happy that I'm able to be a part of a company that gives back to um, charities and rescues, uh, especially for dogs and guinea pigs, because they are very cute. Um, and I'm not as so sure about how I made a difference for the company, but I know that Black Dog Group really made a difference for me, and I'm honored that Liana decided to take the chance on me and bring me onto the team because it really turned my year around, and I'm looking forward to a lot more success with the Black Dog Group in 2024. What do you think, Jake? Oh, you're looking at me. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, if we want to talk about a difference that was made through the podcast, I mean, we just getting all these different people from like around town, like we had the pastors from the Church on the Common. We had um, the Bedford Historical Society come in. It's just, it's, it's create. We've kind of helped foster a little bit of uh, of local kind of outreach, almost and community. Um, but we've also helped some, you know, some people who teach classes to promote or, you know, just allow people to tell their story for social change or social impacts on our podcast. And even though it might not be reaching as many people as we would like to. It's even if one person who hears that and and going off of our saying that we say every episode, even if one person hears that and it makes a difference for them, then we've made a difference for who knows how many people they'll affect. Exactly. And I think a couple of things as you were talking, I was thinking about how, um, you know, we, I mean, we made a difference. I think another organization, well, we, we were big on the Trevor, um, project. Oh yeah. We put that up on our, on our, um, donor page this, this year, I believe. Yeah. It was, it was towards the end of the summer, I believe. Right. Yep. Yep. So we did, we, we, we were, you know, we're 
very much about social justice and um, we want our team to be their authentic selves when they're here and that's really important uh, to us. And, um, you know, I think there was another thing that you were saying about making a difference locally, but I think we did give people an opportunity to tell their stories across the globe because we are out there. We're out there on Spotify. We're out there on Amazon. We're out there on Apple. Like we're out there. And yep. so people's voices can be heard beyond, you know, we're, we're grateful and lucky that we have this wonderful studio that we can record from. Um, but then we again, to, then we get to broadcast the word even beyond, which is, which is huge. So yeah. Having that outreach to a global stage, even, I remember we had like we had like downloads and like where it was somewhere in Europe, somewhere in the middle of Europe. We had people downloading our podcast, which was crazy to me. I'm like, oh, that is so exciting. Yeah, the word the word is getting out. There's it's getting out there. It's just we we need to. I think we definitely made a difference for some people this season. A lot of people this season, probably. Mm -hmm. But you know, once we once we get a bigger following and a bigger reach we can definitely make more of a difference to more people for sure and that's sure. what the the starfish story is all about is the the power of one is that you know it's not that it's going to make a difference to every starfish on the beach just that one that you gave a hand to yeah we're all we're all starfish roasting on the beach right now <laughs> oh yeah one thing i will say when you were saying too is um the editor of the Bedford Citizen actually said to me that, um, you know, you guys have a lot of people talking about storytelling now. So we basically, because we're just out there saying the message over and over and over and over and over again, other people are talking about storytelling and how oh. important it is. Oh, yeah. Storytelling is very important. Oral tradition is incredibly important. And unfortunately, it's been dying mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. So it's it's great that you know, we as a group and you as a as a the the main idea behind it was able to kind of rejuvenate storytelling to a, an extent mm -hmm. around in their community in this area for sure yeah. yeah and beyond so yeah it's very cool yeah all right so looking ahead to twenty twenty four what are some predictions we can share so you know we've been doing what we're doing you know what do we what do we think people in 20, you know, going forward in 2024, what should people be looking at or considering in the areas that we've talked about? So I'll get us started. Um, so when it comes to content marketing, AI is going to be more integrated. It's all we hear about is AI, right? So for content creators or even for just companies, make sure that your messaging is conveying trust. If your brand voice doesn't sound like someone your customers want to have coffee with, you should rethink it. Um, when it comes to social media, I know this is sort of an old message, but it's, I think, because of needing to have messages that that have trust, um, be on the channels where your customers are talking. And how do you know they're talking? You get to, um, you can use tools like social listening tools or audience research tactics, and then you can join your customers on those channels. Um, video is king. Motion for content is king. And even if you're using stills, if there's a way to in include movement, that's key. But short videos are king. Um, we, you know, it hasn't changed that we have still been reduced to the attention span of a goldfish, which is about seven seconds. So short videos are going to explode. Don't forget that authenticity is going to resonate. 
Um, and human storytelling is what will combat the flood of sameness that AI is probably going to create. Um, so that's so that's my predictions uh, for 2024. Oh yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's crazy the a all the ai that's coming out and i was i was just thinking about that well not to cut anybody off but i was just i want to jump in and just kind of bandwagon um you know mm. with ai taking over there's a lot more ai technology for creating you know creative things like mm -hmm. imaging script writing there's probably gonna there's like deep fakes somewhere for voice editing and you know ai can be a thing for podcasts and you know, while you can use it as a tool, I think it, it's important to connect with an audience through genuine creation of that. And I think that in a in an era of AI, that kind of genuine human kind of, I don't say art, but kind of product is what's going to attract more customers to mm -hmm. you. And also on the on the notion of short videos, short videos are are definitely if you want to reach a younger audience the short video route is the way to go because um every single platform has short videos youtube has shorts uh, instagram has reels tiktok is itself um so i think if you want to reach a more a more modern or a younger audience the short form video is definitely the way to go and i think it's only going to get larger from here yeah good point that's Julia. I, I also want to bandwagon. I'm a big fan of bandwagoning sometimes, but I want to express that I think it's important to not to rely on AI to generate all of these creative ideas. And because the whole point of storytelling is human connection, and that's what clients are looking for when they are going to a company for help is they, they want to connect with the people that are going to be doing the work for them. I know, and I'm sure that many other people, including lots of our listeners, can express the uh, the annoyance in trying to get help for something and having to go through the robo-caller. And so that's another instance of, of um, what I'm, I'm hoping that our future will look like is still that human connection, you know, working with the people, working with the companies and not just um, moving away from maybe relying heavily on AI. Mm -hmm. That's what storytelling is all about. Yep. Good point. Good point. Philip, what are your predictions? Well, I had AI written down, but there's nothing more that I can add to that. But um, <laughs> beyond that, I think for my, for my personal fraction of the Black Dog Group, the project management space, I think that um, there is there is going to continue to be a huge demand for people that do what I do, project managers, and I believe that the economy is going to shift somewhat to being more of a project-based economy where it's going to be less operational, less day-to-day, -day, and more about we have six months to turn around this new thing. We have four months to introduce this new process. We've got a certain amount of time to take something and or to try to take something and make it out of nothing. Um, so I think that there's a huge demand for that that's going to continue. And you know, will we will project management be able to use AI? Of course it will as a collaboration tool to help with various different aspects of it, putting together statements of work, collaborating on timelines, etc. So AI is going to find its way into everything that we do. But um, in terms of 
specifically for my, you know, for my area. I think that's the direction we're going to go in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think also one more thing before, I don't know if we wrap this section or not, but I also um, have one more thing. But I certainly think sure. that that AI is a, is a very it, it can be a very useful tool for creating outlines, bare bones kind of things. But you really need to when you when you use AI, you need to take what it gives you and inject that humanity into it almost because mm -hmm. it can't reproduce things humans human brains do one to one. It can give you the idea of it, but it's not something you could should rely on. 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what I was going to just say because I, this is what I hadn't, I didn't express this earlier when we were talking about challenges during the trivia portion of the podcast. Um, but one of the big challenges with working with this big spreadsheet with, you know, 5,000 different companies and people's names is that, you know, a lot of the categorization is not incredibly accurate because I'm assuming, I, I'm not sure because Liana is the one that, that got the list and gave it to me, but I'm assuming that like majority of these names were pulled from various websites and resources um, to create this list. And unfortunately, when that happens, there's a lot of errors. Um, and so a lot of the time there were some people that didn't work for the company or they worked somewhere else or we couldn't really find them or their websites were different and and so that's why I think it's important too is to you know AI is a useful tool but just remember that it is a tool that you know you can have in your toolbox but don't rely on it and so that's why I think it um, I'm looking forward to to really getting in and going through all of the websites because that's not something that the AI can do that's what we still need the human touch for oh good points everybody yeah I mean it's you know, in the content marketing world, it's, it's, it's kind of still, people are torn, you know, it's, it's, uh, for content marketers, you know, I initially it was like, well, make sure you've got a good plagiarism checker because mm -hmm. it's just pulling from everywhere and it's probably copying exactly everything the same. And depending whether you're in academia or whether yeah. you're in business or you're quoting something that can be a problem, uh, and yes, it can give you the the bare bones sort of outline that you were talking about, Jacob. But you're right; it's um, it's going to sound like everything else out there. It isn't going to sound like you unless you inject yourself. Yeah, and I've been I've been actually I I don't want to quote any sources of this, but I've I've been hearing through the grapevine that um, AI has been pulling from AI. And so a lot of information that's been circulating has become a little bit convoluted because it's just it's echoing back and forth and almost like a little bit of a game of telephone. So you constantly, constantly using AI can actually lead to quite unreliable results. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So um, we're going to wrap with um, how are we growing in 2024? Where are we headed next um, at Black Dog Marcom? Uh, we've got some exciting things coming in 2024. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, sort of the storytelling realm and uh, where we're headed. So we'll be getting certified in guided autobiography. There's a push towards writing folks, folks writing their memoirs. Um, we'll also be getting the FAA Part 107 drone license because we want to be able to offer drone photography and videography to our website clients. Um, it seems it's very, very important to have sort of that level of, of motion on your homepage. And, um, and we're 
bringing back some old partners and and uh, joining forces with some new partners. So uh, we're growing and um, it's exciting. It's exciting time. Philip. Well, I think for Black Dog Management, um, we're going to be working or trying to work uh, on a slightly different model for the business as opposed to one large project spanning months and months and months over the course of the of a year. We're going to work on a model where we have multiple projects happening simultaneously, and it's less about the certain number of hours for a particular project per week and more about the value that we can provide our customers. If we can simultaneously provide an incredible amount of value for multiple customers, then not only do we benefit from it, our customers benefit from it, and our network will grow exponentially uh, just simply by word of mouth. That's great. So, how are we growing in 2024, Julia? Um, I really want to expand our client base in the marketing wing of the division. I think it will be very exciting to um, use the leads that I've worked so hard on for the past year. Um, and I'm looking forward to building some some personal interactions, you know, connections with um, potential clients. It's going to be very exciting. Jake? Oh. And for me, um, I think going forward into next year, the Starfish Storytellers has kind of almost, it's almost outgrown its its juvenile phase. You know, we had our idea. We've worked through what we really want to present with it. And I think um, moving forward into 2024, we have a lot more clarity um, for what we want to present. There might be a, a tone shift potentially for... Um, what's coming up but I just think that now that we have our clarity and our, our we've pinpointed the ideas we want to present I think that we can grow in the direction we want to and maybe actually you know really really expand our our listener base mm -hmm. well I think it's you know having a vision of where do we want to go and I think you know I know we've talked about um, you know we sort of launched with a sort of every storyteller and that's fine. Yeah, that's that's great for for getting started. Getting started, garnering support because that means it's you're kind of with that you're playing the everyman mm -hmm. at that point. You're kind of giving everybody something to to latch on to and mm -hmm. relate to. Um, but I know we discussed going forward into 2024, shifting more into a corporate tone, mm -hmm. just to reflect how we want to relate to different businesses and mm -hmm. use it more as a as an advertising tool for business b2b businessing exactly. businessing <laughs> yeah that's a word yeah um so i think that that tone shift will really give us the clarity we need to really refine our um i wouldn't say practices but um ideology around it yeah for sure for sure yeah i mean i think we're gonna grow in so many different directions this year and i think that's really mm. really exciting up and out Yes. To infinity so, and beyond. That's right. So, well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank, Thank you, Liana. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me. <laughs> um, it was really good to reminisce, and we're just getting ready to explode into 24. So um, it's very exciting. And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Prime. Thanks for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed this special episode and we'll see you next time. Happy storytelling. storytelling.